Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Once again, it is my privilege to share a message from God's wonderful word with you. And I want to encourage you with something. If you would like uh, a copy of, my, uh, of today's outline, a little place to take notes, um, as well as a few conversation starters. Um, we have some questions also there for you to start conversation in your family or your small group if you're in one right now. Those are there in the back, right, at the, at the resource area. It says outline or something like that. Um, if you want one, I really encourage you to get it, especially this week, because there are some very important questions that will help initiate conversations in your family and in your group of friends. So grab one of those. You can grab it now if you'd like, or you can grab one on the way out, but I encourage you to get one. All right. Who's ready? Ready for the word? This whole year, 2020, we've been in our solid theme, Biblical Foundations for Strong Disciples. And you guys, this is the first time we've said it back in the building, so let's say it strong. Practicing God's word makes me strong. That is our theme for this entire year. And uh, today, we're, we're between series, okay? So we're taking a break from our series. We'll get back to our series next Sunday. Next, uh, next, next week, we're going to start an amazing series on leadership and discipleship. You want to be here for that. But in light of what our nation is going through, in light of the current events, I heard all week the Holy Spirit speaking a very clear prophetic word to me. And that prophetic word became a prophetic teaching. And so today what I'm going to share with you is not your typical preaching, teaching part of a series, systematic like that, like we, we do on a regular basis. But today is more of a prophetic utterance. Today is more of something I just literally very clearly heard the Holy Spirit speaking so loudly to me. And I'm going to try my best to repeat what I heard him say. Are we good with that? Yes. It's most likely caution, right? I don't know if we're touching, but point to your neighbor, poke up or something, say, caution. It's most likely, I just want to warn you, it's most likely that at some point in today's message, every one of us is going to feel uncomfortable. I, 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 including myself, okay? So I just want to invite you to have an open mind and an unoffendable heart, okay? An, un, an open mind and an unoffendable heart. We need to hear what the Spirit is saying. And I want to ask you today, please, for your own good and for the good of the church and for the good of mankind, for that matter. Hear this word today, this prophetic word. Don't hear it like most of the time the people in the Bible heard prophecy. They closed their heart. They closed their mind. They got offended. Listen with your spirit, not just with your ears. Hear the voice of the Lord. We must Hear what the Spirit is saying in these crucial times. This is truly a crossroads in our nation's history. And it's a crossroads for the church, whether we like it or not. It's a crossroads in history and it's a crossroads for the church. 
And in order, when there's a crossroads, how many of you want to take the right road? I want to take the right road when I'm at the crossroad. I don't want to go in the wrong direction, right? It's important that we take the right road and walk the right path, right? And, but in order for that, we desperately need to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And let me just say that again. We need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, not what the news is saying. Say, Pastor Hunter is anti-news. I'm getting there. Every, every one of them, every news station, every one of them, every last one of them, no matter how, which one you like, even, the, even, okay, <laughs> even the ones who claim to have the biblical perspective, <clears throat> do, I'm not saying don't watch the news, but be careful what you're letting in your spirit. You better, if you're watching the news, you better be also seeing the news from heaven. We also need to make sure we're hearing the Spirit of God, not just the news broadcaster. It's so important in our nation's history, especially for the church, if we're going to take the right road, we've got to hear what God is speaking by His Spirit. And today I believe we're going to hear that. We must hear what the Spirit is saying. And the only way, and, and this is something that I've learned through the years of following Jesus, the only way to hear God clearly is through humility. It's the only way. That's why most people don't hear God, because we're so full of ourselves that we can't hear what he's saying. We're so full of our own opinions and our own agendas and the way we think things ought to be that all we hear, is, I mean, come on, I, I'm, I'm the first one to point out, how many of you hear your own voice all the time? And you hear somebody else say what you think you want to hear, and then, whoo, it adds. Or, and God's speaking clearly, normally, softly. And because we're so full of our own thoughts and our own opinions and the way we think things should be, we just don't hear. We've got to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And the only way is humility. I wrote you guys this little poem. We shared it on Wednesday night. But it says, uh, ears to hear, eyes to see. Behold the key to humility. The thing is, we've got to stop just talking. Even talking to ourselves. We've got to stop just talking and listen to the Spirit and to one another. So important. We've got to stop insisting on what we see because we all see something and we all see it our way, right? I bet there's 73 different opinions in just this room right here, okay? And we're the people of God. So humility, humility says, I'm not going to just hear what I want to hear. I'm not going to just see things the way I want to see. I'm going to stop. I'm going to listen to God and to one another and I'm going to reject my own way of seeing things as the only way and see through the Spirit's eyes and through my brother's and sister's eyes. Humility is the only way to successfully hear God. And I want to ask you guys to bear with me today because it is going to take the entire message all the way to the very end to build this revelation to the point we're going to get to. Is it okay? 
most of the time, if you've heard me preach, I give you all three points in the beginning and then we go after it. But today it's going to take the entire message to get to the point we need to get to. So I want to ask you, um, for, let me just say this too. This is not, this word today, all of you here, all of you listening, this is not a word to confront the world. This is not a word to confront the world or even what's going on in the world. This is a word I heard God speaking to me to steer the church. We've got to, the church has got to be steered in the right direction, and that comes through the prophetic voice, okay? So go ahead and let's be silly. Ding! Please fasten your seatbelts and prepare for some light to moderate turbulence today, okay? It might get a little turbulent in here i know we prayed but i gotta pray again holy ghost we need you come on could you just say sincerely and humbly spirit of god i want to hear you i want to hear what you're like like it says in revelation hear what the spirit is saying to the church i want to hear you i open my heart i'm unoffendable today except to be offended by you and repent I open my mind. I'm unoffendable today, God, except for you to convict me. Steer us, Lord. Steer your church in the right direction. We want to stand for righteousness and justice and holiness and fairness and truth and love. Steer us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. You better say amen to that. Today, we're going to, the, the title of my message, you say you haven't got to the title, that's right. Today's message is titled, The Cure. The Cure. Again, if you want an outline, feel free to get up and grab one. The Cure. I want to start by saying this. Jesus is kingdom, and kingdom is different. Jesus is kingdom, and kingdom is different. Why is it so different to us? Because we're not a part of a kingdom. We're a part of a democracy, right? Jesus is kingdom. His way, and in fact, his entire message was and is the kingdom of God. That place where God reigns as king. Jesus is king as kingdom, and kingdom is different. Uh, how many of you have seen some of the Chosen series that has recently come out? Man, I encourage you, if you haven't seen the Chosen, look it up and watch the Chosen. There was this one scene where Jesus uh, is talking to the woman at the well, right? And the disciples come and they're like, Jesus, why are you talking to her? We don't talk to those people. And Jesus' response was, get used to different, right? Come on, turn to somebody and say, get used to different. Because kingdom is different. Kingdom is different. John 18, 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. In 1 John 2, we learn that although we do live in this world, we don't belong to this world or this world system. Therefore, we should not allow our hearts to ever become attached to anything this worldly system offers us. Because his kingdom is not of this world. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. But we are different because our citizenship 
is in heaven. If you are a Jesus person, <laughs> you might not have known it, but you're a kingdom person. We use the word so freely, Christian, I'm a Christian, and it means a hundred thousand different things. But it actually only means one thing. It means you're part of the kingdom of God in the earth. If you are a Christian, and if you're not a Christian, I believe today you'll become one. I do. I believe Jesus will save you and he'll set you free and he'll give you a new life. But if you are a Christian, if you are a Christian, your allegiance is to the king and his kingdom. As Christians, our allegiance, say allegiance, is to the king and his kingdoms, and to his kingdom, excuse me. Now, Give it one little more notch of tightening. Tight. Here comes some moderate turbulence. All right? The, this allegiance, the allegiance to King Jesus and the kingdom of God in the earth, must be over your allegiance to the United States of America. And I'm sure many of us have questioned that allegiance recently. And I'm not saying you should have questioned your allegiance to the United States. If you're American, be a good American. Did you hear me? But our allegiance as Christians must be infinite times greater than our allegiance to our native country. Not everybody, and, and I know not everybody in the room was born in the United States. We have such a multicultural, diverse church that I want to say this. Your allegiance to Jesus, King Jesus, and the kingdom of God must be greater than your allegiance to any native nation. Okay? Your allegiance to King Jesus, my allegiance, must be greater than my allegiance to my race and my skin color. It must be greater than my allegiance to my culture. It must be greater than my allegiance to being a man or a woman. It must be greater to my allegiance to my socioeconomic status. It must be greater than my allegiance to my family traditions. In fact, Jesus said, compared to all that stuff, our allegiance to him should make it look like we hate all that stuff. That's how big the gap ought to be. Between our allegiance to this world, our nation, our culture, our skin color, even our family, our allegiance to him should be infinite times more. It should be so much more that it could be said, wow, in comparison, you hate all that. Please love your country. Please love your culture. Please love your skin color. Please love your family traditions. But if my allegiance to those things is equal or greater than my, to, to, than my allegiance to Jesus, I'll eventually drop Jesus. I've seen it sadly happen so many times. Last time I checked, in heaven, none of that even matters. It all just kind of fades into the past. A little bit more tight. 
This may be moderate to heavy. You might want to please put on the oxygen mask. (laughs) You've got to understand something. We've got to understand something. I've got to understand something. Christians, we've got to understand something. American Christians, as I'm not American, you live in America. Okay. We've got to understand something. Jesus Christ has never been, nor will he ever be, a right-wing conservative Republican. I didn't think it would go that way. All right. Jesus Christ has never been, nor will he ever be, a left-wing liberal Democrat. Jesus isn't libertarian. In fact, he's the epitome of independent. (laughs) If there's anybody that's independent, it's the king, the king of kings. Ah, silence. <laughs> it's like nervous laughter, silence. It's all right. Jesus is neither black, nor white, nor Asian, nor Hispanic. I'm sorry. He's not. <laughs> if he walked the earth today like he walked the earth 2,000 years ago, we'd call him an Arab. Okay. Understand, please get this. Jesus is not American. He's not. He's not. But you also got to get this. He loves the United States of America more than any of us could ever love and all of us put together a thousand times. But he is not, will not ever be, cannot be, boxed into our American way of thinking. In fact, if you've never been on a mission trip to a foreign nation or simply to a foreign nation, period, even on vacation, please go. Please go somewhere. Come to Cuba with us when we're finally allowed to go back soon. In Jesus' name, come to Mexico with us. Come to Philippines with us. Come to Honduras, to Peru, to all the places that we go to. Come to the new nations that we're going to be going to. Amen? It's so good to get out and realize, whoa, I live in a teeny tiny little bubble called the USA. And I love the USA. God bless the USA. Shall we sing? No. Okay. (laughs) But you have to have a different mindset when you look at the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not America. America must be invaded by and overtaken by the kingdom of God. Heart check. Listen. Jesus is as far away from all of our political stuff, as far away from all of our racial tension, as far away from all of the everything. He's as far away as those astronauts that just got to the space station. He's so far removed, yet at the same time, he's with us in the midst of all of it. But he's not bound to nor boxed into any of that. And we have got to get kingdom thinking in our brains. First, you got to get it in your spirit. So if we could just take a small step out of our 
even Bible Belt, Southeastern American mindset for a moment. Jesus isn't just our leader. He's our king. He's our king. In fact, he's the king of all kings. And he deserves and will accept nothing less than our undying abandonment and allegiance to him. He won't accept anything less than total abandonment. Then totally letting go of the ways of this world and the system of this world. And to whatever else we may have ever pledged allegiance to, he will accept nothing less than absolute total allegiance to him. The question is, is Jesus Christ your king or is he just your religion? Is Jesus my king? And I, listen, I've been asking myself this. Because it's easy to say, yeah, Jesus is my king. I mean, don't all Christians say that? King of kings, Lord of lords, every day will bow, hallelujah. <laughs> is the knees of my heart bowed to the king? Is my life bowed before the king now? The kingdom of God is not just one day when we all get to heaven and they pass roll, they, they call, do the roll call and now we're in the kingdom. No. We're in the kingdom now. Now. And the kingdom is coming now in us and through us if he's our king. Wherever Jesus is king, there's the kingdom. And whoever possesses the kingdom can transfer the kingdom wherever they live. But is Jesus my king or is he just my religion? Is he just my church? That is a much deeper question than, than we hear it as. Is Jesus just added on to my life? And has produced some good things in my life and some good changes and all that stuff? Or have I totally and completely submitted my life to him as king? So that whatever he says is law. Here's the really good news for us this morning. If Jesus Christ is your king, you possess the cure. If Jesus Christ is your king, you possess the cure. What cure? The COVID vaccine? No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Man, not sure about all that. But how many of us would agree our cities and our nation is, is sick? We're, we're sick. There's a disease that has infected the world. It's called the curse. <laughs> but recently, our nation has manifested lots of sick symptoms. And we need a cure. And I want you to know, hear the Holy Spirit today. If Jesus is your king, you possess the cure.
Here we go. John 12, 32. When I am lifted up from the earth, Jesus is prophesying himself going to the cross, right? When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone, literally means all peoples or people groups, to myself. When Jesus went to the cross, it was the public spectacle of the proof of God's everlasting love. And the cross, the cross draws everyone to God. Everyone. Not everyone just referring to a crowd. Everyone literally means all people or all types of people. All peoples. All ethnicities. When I'm lifted up, when I go to the cross, you don't get it yet, disciples. You still don't understand who I am. But when I'm finally lifted up, you're going to know who I am. That's another thing he told him. And when I'm lifted up, I will draw all people from all nations, those who have heard about Jehovah God and those who worship a statue and everybody in between, I'll draw all people and all people groups unto God. Unto myself. Now, the cross draws everyone, Jew and Gentile, red, yellow, black, white, young, old, man, woman, near, far, good, bad. The cross draws everyone to God, but the cross also does something else. And before I say it, I want to say this to you. If you have not been drawn close to God by the cross of Jesus Christ, today you can come close to God. You don't have to live your life far away from God. You can be in an up-close personal relationship with Him, but you have to come through the cross. The cross draws all of us to God, but the cross also does something else so incredible. The cross draws us to God, but it also draws us together. To God, together. To God, together. When Jesus' body was broken, he broke down the barrier between God and me between God and you, but he also broke down the barrier between people groups. On the cross, the moment he died, it happened. The veil wasn't only torn so we could go to God, the veil was also torn so that we could all go to God. Division, the sickness that we're witnessing a lot of today, and it's not the only symptom, but division is the result of sin, not skin. Division is the result of sin, not skin. Some people have made it about skin. Other people have made it about every other kind of thing. But listen, we've got to understand the power that divides humanity is sin. It's not skin. It's not anything else for that matter. It's sin. 
What, what divided Adam and Eve? Even from each other. Hostility. Sin. Divided them from God, separated them from God, and separated them from one another. Produced hostility. How about at the Tower of Babel? They were all together in unity until sin entered the picture. And they had to be scattered. They had to be divided. Division is the result of sin, not skin. But sin was defeated through the cross. Sin was defeated through the cross. And Jesus brought to the earth an eternal kingdom that is no respecter of culture, language, race, man, woman. The kingdom is for everyone. The cross is healing. The cross is the cure. Come on, say, the cross is the cure. And how we need the cross today. How our nation needs a revelation of the cross today. How the church needs a revelation of the cross today so that we can not only come close to God, but we come close together. The cross is the cure for division. Ephesians 2, 13 through 14. Say, how can you say that? Because the Bible says it. But now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, the cross brings us close to God, right? But now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. The cross brings us close to God, but the cross also brings us close together. Each and every one is equally valuable to the Father, equally loved by God, and Jesus proved it by paying the highest price for all. Listen, this, this, is, this, this, I don't know if you've thought of it this way. Maybe you have, but Jesus didn't pay different prices for different people. He didn't pay one price for the rich. And another price for the poor. One price for the one who grew up in a mansion and another price for one who grew up in the ghetto. He didn't pay one price for women and another price for men. He didn't pay one price for Jews and another price for Gentiles. He didn't pay one price for black people, one price for white people, one price for brown people, one price for, do we even say yellow people? <laughs> I guess, I guess some people say that. He didn't pay Different prices for different people. Every human life has equal value before God in the eyes of God. And he paid one price for all. From now on then, from now on. Therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, a.k.a. skin. Somebody touch your flesh. They call that skin, right? We regard no one according to their flesh, their skin, their culture, their background, where they came from, what they've done, their past. If they're male, female, if they're young, if they're old. We regard no one according to their physical appearance. We regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. That is so deep right there. I don't know if you got it. 
They thought Jesus was only for the Jews. They regarded him according to the flesh, according to his skin, according to his culture. But Jesus came for all. So they said, we, don't, we no longer regard Jesus. We don't even look at Jesus like that anymore. Jesus came for all. There's no hostility. There's no division. There's no separation. There is no longer... You guys are doing a great job today, media. Thank you. I keep forgetting to say the the references, but there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one or equal in Christ Jesus, Galatians 3.28. All right, we're we're, we're getting there. All right, we've gone from, from neutral to first gear to second gear to third gear. Are we ready to go to fourth? Oh, we were on a plane, not a car. I'm sorry. Um... Are we ready to, (laughs) we've reached our cruising altitude. We're going to begin to descend now. (laughs) Let me give you a prophetic picture from the Old Testament of what the kingdom of God looks like symbolically, okay? This is Isaiah chapter 11. This is, and if you say, what is is your main point today? This right here. (laughs) We're getting to the main point. This is the main thing the Holy Spirit said so clearly to me, okay? Isaiah 11. This is a picture of the kingdom of God. I can't remember. Uh, there's even a painting. I forget the name of it. That is like a, there's a famous painting that is Isaiah 11. Anyway, out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch. Who are we talking about? Who, who are we talking about here? Jesus bearing fruit from the old root because he was going to come from the Jewish people from, from the line of David, right? But, verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Okay? The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance or make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word and one breath of his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like underwear. That is what that means, okay? We ought to be wearing the truth as underwear. Come on, somebody. Here we go. In that day, pause, what day? What day? Come on, say, the day of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. The day of his, Isaiah is prophesying about the day that the Messiah will come, will be possessed by the spirit of God and will bring to the earth the kingdom of God. Okay? On that day, the day of his kingdom by his spirit, by the way, through his church, That's what it means for us now. On the day, on that day, the day of his kingdom, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling or lamb will be safe with the lion. Try throwing a lion and a lamb in in the same mix. Safe? And a little child will lead them all. Whoo! The cow will graze near the bear. 
the cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. For all you vegans. All right. I like, I like that one. Woo. More power to you. You're in the kingdom. <laughs> the baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Not my baby, y'all. <sighs> Have you already begun to notice this is not something natural? <laughs> okay. Yes, a little child will put its hand in the nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy destroy in all my holy mountain for as the waters fill the sea so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord this is a prophecy about King Jesus and about the church of Jesus Christ this is a picture of the kingdom of God where King Jesus reigns and a picture of the church of God through which the kingdom of God is invading and overtaking the earth now listen if you didn't get this, this just, I mean, I hope my mind was blown by the testimony. My mind is even more blown today by the word. The kingdom of God is not normal. <laughs> it's not natural. It's supernatural. It's spiritual. And it can only be understood by the spirit of God. If you read that without the spirit of God, without knowledge of the word of God, you would go, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. My kid is not putting his hand in the nest of deadly snakes. And my lamb is not going to be eating with a lion anytime soon. It's not normal. This isn't normal. We got to understand the kingdom of God defies our natural tendency to separate and segregate. Okay, let me say that one again. The kingdom of God defies our natural tendency to separate and segregate. God's kingdom is, and this is the important word, God's kingdom is supernaturally multicultural, multiracial, multigenerational. It's equal for women. It's equal for men. It's equal for children. In, in a supernatural way, God's kingdom is perfectly diverse. But it's supernatural. There's no natural way for this to be a reality. The kingdom of God is inclusive, not exclusive. Unfortunately, even in the church, we tend to segregate ourselves. Even in the church. And, and, and this first part might be easy to hear, but the second part might be like, ooh, I better check myself. This is easy to hear because we're not like this. But in the church in general, we tend to segregate ourselves. Black churches, white churches, Hispanic churches, African churches, Haitian churches, poor churches, rich churches, middle class family churches, baby boomer churches, millennial churches. We separate by age group, by culture, by race, by money. By I'm so proud Encounter Church is nothing like that. We don't even look a tiny little bit like that, praise God. But let's be careful because unfortunately, even in diverse churches, there is a tendency to separate and connect only with our own kind. It's okay we go to church together, but we might not connect outside of church together. 
I love you. I love I, I love you who speak Spanish, but you know what? And, and you like tacos. You know what? I don't. I like fried chicken, and we don't. We just it's not going to happen. I love you in church and all, but if people see me outside with you, I'm not sure what they might think because we're different colors. Ooh. That, that got real quiet. I know that's not an issue in Encounter Church, is it? But we've got to be careful because we, the natural human tendency is I'll connect with my own kind. I don't necessarily reject other kinds, other cultures, other colors, other everything else. But it's not natural to connect with people that are different than you. It has to be something that we intentionally do by love. We are called in Counter Church, and I am so proud of you. I am. I'm not speaking this even so much as a correction to our church. Like I said, this is to steer us and keep us going in the right direction. We're already going in the right direction, y'all. But we got to make sure we keep going in the right direction. I'm so proud of Encounter Church. I'm so proud of every one of you. I'm so proud of our love and of our unity and of our diversity. But we've got to make sure that we stay that way. There's nothing inherently wrong with connecting with your kind. <laughs> right? There's nothing wrong. I experience it all the time. I married a Mexican. Mexicans like to all get together and eat tacos. <laughs> all their own kind. I'm the lonely white boy on the side, right? I'm more Mexican than any of them now. But <laughs> I eat hotter chilies than any of them. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with connecting with your own kind, but it's not an accurate representation of the kingdom of God. I'm not saying don't have family gathers and you're all black. I'm not saying don't have family gatherings or get-togethers or whatever. No, you, know, you know what? We, we're not inviting people that don't speak English because it would be really awkward for them. We've been there in that situation many times. All right. That don't speak Spanish. I said that wrong. Okay. But our church culture and church family cannot be like that. We love each other and we love each other's differences. I'll say it here at the end. We're almost done. I promise. I'm proud of you. But women, men, children of every race, color, background, everything, we're all called to fulfill our ministry to reconcile people back to God. Every one of us. Our whole calling, our whole purpose on the earth, now that we've been reconciled back to God, is to go reconcile others back to God. I honestly think, you know, the end of that prophecy there is that the glory of God will fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. And the way it describes it is that the earth will be filled with people that know God. Right? I find it interesting that it follows this whole description of diversity. Because that's the way the kingdom works. I don't have time to get to it today, but read Revelation. Read a description of heaven. 
of those around the throne. You won't see them separated, that's for sure. <laughs> but diverse harmony, I guess we could call it that, diverse harmony, isn't naturally easy. If it was naturally easy, every church would be diverse and harmonious and unified. and Every church would have different colors and languages and cultures. And every church would be unified with the young and the old and everybody in the middle. It would, if it were easy, naturally, we'd all do it, right? But it's not naturally easy. It's got to be intentional. And it can't be just something that we intentionally do in the flesh. It's something that must be accomplished by the Spirit of God. I'm, I'm, uh, we're almost there. Are y'all good? The lion, sorry, the lamb will lie down with the wolf and the calf with the lion. Snakes and children will play together, etc., etc. Do we all agree this is absolutely abnormal? Yes. Put up with me for one more second, all right? In the kingdom, the lion, wolf, and bear are going to have to learn how to be vegetarians. The lamb, the calf, and the cub are going to have to learn to, this is important, not be afraid of the lion and the bear and the wolf. Sometimes we separate because we're afraid of each other. But, but the meat eaters are going to learn to have to learn to eat salad. I'm not talking naturally. All right. Are y'all getting what I'm saying here? Are you getting the picture? Those that are afraid of others are going to learn have to not be afraid of others. It's totally abnormal. Children are going to have to learn to get to know the cobra as their little friend. Just hear that with your spirit. There's so much to that. In the kingdom of God, y'all, we're just going to have to learn to think differently about each other. We're going to have to learn to think because if we're all filled with the same spirit, he will express his kingdom through us in a multifaceted way that will plaster the earth with his glory. Because of the Spirit, we can experience harmonious diversity. There's a term in the Bible called unity in the Spirit, okay? That's what this is referring to. Let me give you your last scripture here. John 17, Jesus prayed. <laughs> how, many of you, how many of you believe that if Jesus prayed something, it's because it could happen? <laughs> he wouldn't have prayed it if it was impossible. Because when I read this, I'm like, that's impossible, Jesus. Why do you even pray that? Because it is possible. In fact, it will happen, okay? Because if Jesus prayed it, it's going to come to pass. And he prayed, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message, all nations. He was talking about going and making disciples to all nations, right? I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, and you are in, uh, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that, may that, May they be one in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me, 
so they may be one as we are. I'm in them, and you're in me. And here's the impossible part. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. The key to our city, to our nation, the nations of the world, being filled with the glory of God as the waters fill the sea, is to be filled with people like this. Jesus prayed for perfect unity. It's naturally impossible. So our only hope today is send something supernatural. If you're like me, you're sitting there going, I don't know if we could ever get there. That's because it's impossible naturally. And our hope is in the supernatural one and his supernatural power and his supernatural love. Not just racial unity. I know that's a big issue right now, but not just racial unity. Unity between the sexes, unity between age groups, unity between cultures. The cure. The cure for generational division, racial and cultural prejudice, social cliques is the presence of Jesus. It's the cure. Why? Why is that? Are you ready? Told you it would take me the whole message to get to this. Don't put it up yet. (laughs) The presence of Jesus. The, The presence of Jesus. Supernatural, tangible, real presence of Jesus, the Spirit of God living in us and among us, is the cure for all division. Why? Because according to my Bible and yours, Jesus is both the lion and the lamb. He's both at the same time, all together. He's both. He's the roaring lion full of authority and power. and He's the king. And at the same time, he's the gentle, loving lamb. It's Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, just worship Jesus. You're the lion and the lamb. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.